Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. And today, we have Anthony Vitale, um, founder and owner of the Original Music School in Morristown, New Jersey. Anthony has uh, some wonderful stories to share with us about past, present, and future. So strap on your seatbelts. Let's go for a ride. Getting into it today, I have with us Anthony Vitale from, um, his business is located in Morristown, New Jersey. And uh, before I get into talking all about his very unique and interesting and amazing business, I want to start off by just, you know, welcoming you to Dharmic Evolution, Anthony. It's great that you're here today. I appreciate you taking the time out to share your story and what's going on in your life. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. I love what you do, and I'm glad to be a, a guest here. Yeah, it's like, I mean, there's so much to get to with you because you have such an interesting tale. And I want to start with, um, you know, tell us about you as a musician. And anybody that knows Anthony or has seen him with his band knows what an amazing musician, singer, songwriter, producer, artist. I mean, this guy has done it all. And if you ever have a chance to see him live, you've never seen anybody sing and play bass uh, quite like this man. So... Tell me, tell me how it all got started with you. You're, you know, you're entering into music in general. How did you get interested to begin with? Well, first of all, you're too kind. Thank you. You're pretty awesome yourself. Um, what I, uh, I started as most kids, um, actually, what started me out was I was the youngest um, of four, much younger, actually. Uh, my, my brothers were seven and eight years older than me. So they were um, influenced by the, the whole Beatles, Beatle revolution. And I, in turn, was influenced by that. So even though it's a little bit before my time, I was born in 64 when the Beatles came to America, that still resonated with me since, you know, through my brothers. And I, I was in love with songs from the very beginning. I remember sitting there and just watching the, the record spin uh, and listening to All You Need Is Love over and over and over. And I never really fell in love with an instrument. Um, I, I fell in love with songwriting and the arrangements and the productions. And uh, it took me years to figure that out. But um, I just started on guitar, like most boys, because I thought girls would like that. And uh, I got into a band with actually a local uh, um, troubadour, Warren Woodson, who's out of Madison. He does the, he's been playing his whole life. He never got a real job, God bless him. And he, <laughs> good for he, him, right? <laughs> yeah, awesome, right? Uh, and he played guitar better than I did, so we needed a bassist. So my brother had a bass in the closet that he apparently never really mastered. So I just pulled it out and was too foolish to know that you don't just pick up an instrument and, and start playing it. So, uh, and that was really the beginning. Um, and then, and I've never really been in a cover band. I always, I was always writing and, and just kind of, you know, I, I, I caught that that passion that that um, I guess kind of half a generation before me caught with the Beatles and just figured, wow, these four kids can do it. Anybody can do it. And right. they proved us they proved us wrong that really in some ways because they've raised the bar so high that it's very hard to get even close. But 
Right. That's so really. You, so let me ask you something. So you recognize very early on that it was really about songwriting was kind of the genesis and the engine, if you will, that made these guys, you know, what they were. So singing and songwriting. Right. Totally. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of people miss that. They think it's all, you know, it's, it's playing or whatever. I think it's a combination, but <clears throat> it seems to always come back to, like you said, singing and songwriting are the things that drive it. Totally. So, so you started at a very early age writing. So you started like, how old were you when you started writing songs? I think I wrote my first song at uh, like around nine years old. Wow. And it was a, a really bad country western song. <laughs> well, they all are bad when we start, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's part of the process. And a lot of people don't understand. They think you just, you know, you write a great song, but you got to write... 50 really bad ones to get a great one so that's an early age to start my goodness nine years old and you're writing songs already you must have been like didn't you find that like wow i'm actually doing this didn't didn't that like no no, it didn't didn't even impress you i was um actually more of a visual artist most of my life until i didn't really play seriously or ever take a lesson until college so for me, the, the music was a diversion um, from my visual art. I've been painting and drawing since before I could talk, apparently, they tell me. Um, and I actually went to the School of Visual Arts in New York City when I was first out of college, but I, was, I wound up missing half my classes because I was on tour with my band so much. Um, didn't even realize where, where, I, where life was taking me. You know, God uh, laughs at your plans, they say, right? Yeah. So here's another thing that I wasn't even aware that you were a, you were a painter or a visual artist. That's another, uh, another uh, you know, amazing path that you have walked down. And, and I bet a lot of people don't even know that about you. No, so don't. So how, do, you, do you still find time? I know your life is really busy. Are you still like actively painting? Do you get time to do that at all these days? No, it's just the doodles when I'm on the phone with customers is about all I get to do these days. But, right. uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm passionate about what we're doing. So great. So so real quick, because uh, um, I want to get into, you, you know, the original music school. There's a lot to talk about there. But tell me about um, I see that you were with uh, Ellis Marsalis and you studied um, with, with him. And, uh, yeah. and and you're yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I, I, I my you know, I, I've been blessed to have been mentored by some phenomenally uh, historical uh, gentlemen in, in, in my life. Um, I, I went to Berkeley College of Music after the School of Visual Arts because that was, everyone told me that's the mecca of jazz and that's what I needed to do. And I'm kind of, a, I, I'm a big thinker. I'm not always, you know, I, I kind of feel like if you, if you aim high, you'll hit your target. Right. Um, so, you know, from everyone said, Hey, Berkeley's the best. That's where I went. I got there and it was, while I, my grades were great. I just didn't, it wasn't a fit for me. I didn't, I wasn't really happy with where it was. I'm kind of a, I'm happier South of the Mason Dixon line. And, um, so funny, I, I, I jumped from the frying pan to the fire because when I, I transferred to, to, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, Ellis Marsalis, uh, who is a, you know, an icon, Grammy icon, he's, his sons have Grammys, he has Grammys, but the Grammys are nothing. It's the, the art that he's developed and the talent that he's developed. He also taught uh, Harry Connick Jr. how to play the piano. Um, he he I was- I didn't know that. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, his sons are Winton and Branford and Delfeo and all those good, great- Right, right. 
Um, so what happened was I was studying jazz arranging at VCU and doing very poorly um, because, you know, I was a three chords in the truth kind of guy. And so it was like learning, trying to take a major in Italian and only speaking a smattering of the language. So my professor said to me, listen, man, you are going to drown unless you figure out a way to to get your your skills up. And I saw Ellis wasn't even my we were, he was never a scheduled teacher of mine. I just saw him on campus and, and I was bold enough to run up to him and introduce myself. And I asked him if I could just shadow him for the whole when I'm there. And he said, I'll never forget it. He was like sitting there chewing on some peanuts. And he's like, yeah, man, I just hope I don't turn you off. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And that was my, my, the green light. And I, I would attend his classes, uh, didn't get credit for him or anything, but I just would attend his classes and, and, uh, and just kind of shadow him. And, and I learned a lot about the language and it was really, a, a, a an amazing blessing because he was only at VCU for a couple of years and it just happened to coincide with the time I was there. So you didn't get the credit, but you got the personal PhD. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's life, right? Right. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to get to uh, OMS because uh, this this is such a fascinating tale for people who don't know. Um, Anthony started this this school called the Original Music School, uh, and it's you know www.originalmusicschool.com. Is that correct? Yes. And so. You know, this is such a fascinating idea. I mean, you know, I, I think you're probably the only school that I've ever heard of that does, uh, you know, embracing these young kids and their passions and taking them down the road of songwriting and creativity and artistry all in one package. So tell me, how did you get the idea? When did this all start for you? Well, uh, what happened was, without giving you my, you know, boring you with my whole life story, um, after college, I wound up um, a struggling songwriter, uh, like so many. And at the time, um, Pro Tools, which is like the word perfect of the music industry, right, for recording, right. it's the most ubiquitous software. And at the time, when it first came out, it was a great revolution, and it cost just to get in it. You would, it was about a seventeen to twenty thousand dollar investment. So, uh, anyway, to have that software, you had to, uh, you know, the only only professionals were were owned that software, and so just to try to get into the game, I, I saved my money and I purchased a Pro Tools rig. Um, at the time, just owning a Pro Tools rig got me into uh, kind of the club, and I wound up interacting with like uh, some of the guys from the Hooters, you know, the band from Philly. Oh, sure, yeah. Cindy um, Lauper and, yes. and so many other uh, totally. people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they wrote a lot of stuff uh, with Cindy Lauper, and, and, and I wound up just networking through there, and, and I wound up starting to get work as a, just a, a writer and a producer. Um, I eventually wound up working with a, a two-time Grammy winner. His name is John Rollo, who did all the Kinks records in the 80s. He did the Whitney Houston Bodyguard soundtrack. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and he really brought me from uh, kind of a dabbler to um, now I'm now I actually got some some chops on the Pro Tools and engineering and all that good stuff. So it created a full package for me. But more importantly, I learned how to develop artists because that's what our, our we were partners in a in a company called Bonk Records, and uh, we would develop artists and then try to and then we would shop them to the major labels. And they had open door policies with us because of John's uh, Grammys. Right. 
Um, so it got to the point where the music industry was 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 uh, becoming more and more reluctant to sign artists, and our job was getting more and more difficult. I was working more and more hours for less and less money, and we parted as as good friends. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I was just hanging out, figuring out. You know, it was a crossroads in my life. I got a call from a local private school asking me to record uh, some of their students for a life enrichment program. And uh, to make a very long story short, I wound up doing it for them, And uh, but I told them I wouldn't just record their music, I had to help them edit and rewrite and develop the act, and, and it was just kind of, I thought it was going to just be a one-off thing, Right. and I took this band that when I met them, they were unlistenable, and by the end of three months, they gave a great concert for the, for the school, um, they did a five-song CD, and they actually happened to be the first original music school band. And the the uh, the lead singer in the band actually is in a band now called Beecher's Fault. And they just recorded five songs for ESPN. They're on tour. They live in Manhattan. And uh, so my first uh, try out of the box, I actually created an artist that's making a living doing it. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. So after that, I was actually during that I had I was being approached by the School of Rock, which is a a franchise. And I looked into them. Um, Nothing against them. What they do is is great. But that's not what I do. It's just the cover band type material teaching your teaching kids, their parents uh, kind of stuff that they used to listen to. So uh, I that's not what I do. Um, And my brother who wanted to invest in a school of rock, he kept saying, come on, let's do this. This will be fun. This is perfect for you. And I really think he was just trying to help me even more than just be an investor. So I said, hey, listen, I said, I'll open a music school, but it's going to be an original music school. And uh, at the time, little did I know I was naming the school, right? That's that's awesome. So, so in other words, this all happened by accident. Uh, you put a band literally out on the street making money eventually with with the abilities and and tools that you had to bring and your talents and uh, and all of a sudden the school thing clicked in your mind and said okay this is my passion I- I'm going for this yes so mm-hmm. what so what year did that happen when did that start for you uh, that had to be about uh, this point mm, twelve years ago maybe ten years ago then it took me about another year or so just to find a building and and create systems because we don't just sit in a room and uh, you know imagine frogs with hats and talking flowers and wait for inspiration we right. we have systems that we teach right so it's a we teach a creative endeavor and through a process so I needed to develop those so um, I had contacts in Nashville since I'm a songwriter and I, I went down to Nashville for quite a while and wrote with some of my friends um, and we div- basically put together a basic 12-step process uh, and that was the first process we taught at the original music school um, and basically I, I, I anyone who works with me the first time we get together I, I, get, I send them through 12 prompts for instance uh, if you want a catchy song, you need a catchy song title. So what's the name of the song? And then I teach them how to conjure up uh, multiple ideas for that. Um, what's the song about uh, would be the second point. What's the song form? Is it a verse, verse, verse song or is it a verse chorus song? Um, and then who's the singer? Who's the singee? And, and on and on and on. And then you get through the 12 steps. And even if you've never written a song, if you follow these 12 steps, you, you, I guarantee you write a song every time. Right. So, so 
you you developed this curriculum based on your experience, and it it seems to me. I mean, your website, by the way, is looking like awesome. I mean, um, I think I recognize the fingerprints on that website. Yeah, <laughs> Someone Gab- familiar, oh. Gabrielle Masuti. Yeah, it's it, it it. I'll tell you, it looks phenomenal, and the content on there. I mean, you guys have really, really um, just. I've noticed in the last couple of years, like expanded and grown and it's it's a really great interactive site it gives a lot of good information the videos are wonderful and i gotta i gotta share with the audience i had the um i had the awesome experience of visiting with you guys at mexicali live Mm -hmm. i guess it was about a month ago maybe five or six weeks ago and um anthony had all of the kids there um up on stage doing their own original music in you know, combination bands or bands that they had put together or, you know, it was a kind of a mix and match, it seemed a lot of it, but mm-hmm. everyone interacted so well and the songs and the playing were just were just amazing. I was really blown away by um, by the talent and the abilities and just how, you know, how professional. It did not seem like students to me. They, well, they seemed like, you know, real seasoned veterans. Yeah, well, you know, that thank you. I have an amazing staff and um as such i should you know i should mention that uh you know your son trevor as you know started with me as a sophomore in high school and now he's pretty much you know we're we're peers at the school all these years later and and he's doing a phenomenal job taking a lot of my ideas and keeping them fresh and and new and and expanding upon it i mean he built our whole uh, guitar program because um, when we first started, I was just about songwriting, and I, the 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 instrument lessons I was giving as a uh, kind of a courtesy, right? And I didn't put any thought into it. It was just like, well, I'll just do what everybody else does. Uh, it's it's thirty five and a half hour, and just come in and you pay for our time, right? Well, since I've been working, you know, you know, Trevor, after he studied with me, obviously, you know, he went and got his his degree in in, in music and. Uh, he, he lived in the music world for a while and eventually I, we kind of knew he was going to come back home to me and, and work with me and, um, cause we're doing so many fun things and he came back and you know, the, it's funny, the minute he, he came back working for us, um, the enrollment increased and we didn't even tell anyone that he was there. It just, his energy is just amazing. So I'm sure he gets a lot of that from his dad. Well, uh, I'm sure his, his mother thanks you a lot because she, you know, he used to take all the energy out on her, you know? (laughs) And, 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 uh, yeah, you know, it's so funny, like, uh, with kids and you identify with this all the time. And, and Trev was one of those kids. I remember I was going for a ride and he was in the back seat and I think he was like four or five and he started singing. And I said to myself, wow, this kid has like perfect pitch or close because, you know, every note was just, just right where it needed to be. And, you know, I kind of knew he had the, he had the hook in him like really early. So uh, that's awesome that, uh, that you guys, you know, have that collaboration together and, and, uh, and I can kind of see it and he's so passionate about, uh, being there. I mean, he is definitely in his dharma. So, you know, the school is the place for him. So tell me something. Um, this must feel amazing to watch this unfold. I mean, tell me from you as the as the founder principal, and you you see these kids get up and play. I mean, you gotta think like, wow, I you know you're doing something that's really amazing, unusual, unique, and you're you're actually shaping uh, and forming 
these musical personalities that are that are blossoming every single day. It's got to be the greatest gig in the world. It, it really is. It's funny, you know, when uh, I'll get customers come in that are just inquiring about what we do and and you know, there'll be times where they have a they've heard about what I've done beforehand and they're very impressed with, you know, whatever names I've worked with. And I, I really tend to not drop any names because I don't. It's I'm having more fun and I and it's I'm being more fulfilled and humbled every day by just working with with children. Um, you know, I, as you probably know, I'm a I'm a devout Christian, and um, you know, Jesus said, you know, it's the children. You know, you should you we need to to go to him as a child, and 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 heaven is the place of chill for children, and it's it really resonates with me because. There, there's a, a way that children communicate and, and they're just so honest and open that you, you know, by the time you're an adult, you get sullied and, and it's just, it's so fulfilling just to see these kids kind of, you know, their, their dreams come to fruition and then just teach them success, teach them, to me, success is happiness. You know, I have people come in, sometimes parents are concerned. I even had a parent say to me, hey, you know, you're, you're ruining me and uh, you're ruining my kid here because, uh, you know, he wants to be a musician, but I want him to be happy and, you know, just to make, <laughs> it's pretty funny, you know. They never drew the parallel. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the joke of it is, you know, I had one person say to me, well, I don't want my kid studying music because everyone I know that studied music is is struggling. And I said, well, you don't know the right people because everyone I know that studied music is is way successful and way happy and, and they're following their muse. And, you know, we're put here for a purpose. I think everyone's got their 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 talents and their blessings. And, you know, the, the thing is, we just teach the kids to be happy through productivity and and and, you know, just reaching their, you know, bringing their talents to fruition, which is no matter what it is, you know. So they're they're becoming their dharmic evolution, which is what this show is all about. And that's uh, you know, it's like I I love seeing this because I've seen some of those young kids, you know, because um I've known you for for you know quite a few years now, and you know pretty much on the periphery. So I'd stop in or I, or I'd see a live event, and I've seen some of these kids grow up with you, and uh, and now with Trevor, you know, also and you know the mentoring, the the teaching. You know, sharing the wisdom uh, that that you and and you know sometimes Trev you know brings to that. Um, I I gotta tell you, it's like really inspiring. I mean, um, I brought this uh, wonderful young lady to the to the event with me, and that was her first time. I mean, we had just kind of met a few weeks earlier, and she was blown away. She was like, she just loved it. She I think she was like just crazy about uh, what these kids were doing. So Mexicali Live's one place where you guys play. How do you how do you guys get venues? Because another thing I notice on the website, you've got a lot of dates coming up. Uh, it it looks great, like spring, summer. Uh, you have a bunch of bookings. Who handles that? How does that how does that take place? Do people come to you? Do you guys have to pound the streets to get audience for these shows? We we're just like every other artist. We need to really it's 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 a it's a rough road to hoe. Um, we need to really be a pest and, and call booking agents, uh, for the, each individual club. Um, every time we book a club, they're understaffed because they don't believe that we're going to bring the crowd that we bring. They don't, they're amazed at the professionalism. So like for instance, Mexicali live is a very tough club to, to book in New Jersey. 
Um, a lot of national acts play there. And I, my personal band, I mean, I've, I've headlined at, at, at the bitter end in, in New York City. And then I, and they wouldn't give me a gig at, uh, at Mexicali Live. And, and it's so, you know, they're just really tough. But uh, what happened was we just basically, you know, we were talking about this is something that we have to do. And so I really handed it off to Trevor and said, listen, man, this needs to get done or we're not going to reach the next the next level of what we're trying to do. And he said, OK, so basically got on the phone and didn't stop pounding the pavement until we started booking all these these uh, these clubs. And um, and it's it's really just determination and persistence. It's it's tough. We have a hard time just like everyone else. Yeah. Um I, I noticed, you know, congratulations on that because that, I, I mean, for the kids especially, I saw one of the little videos where uh, they were so thrilled with how it went at Mexicali. And, and for, for for many of them, I'm sure that was like, uh, like this was like a big deal because it was a great stage, you know, lighting yeah. system, good PA system. Uh, it was just like the pros do. So so that that's awesome. Hey, you mentioned your band. Tell me what's going on with your band. Tell us a little bit about your band. Uh, what do you guys do uh, as far as, you know, material, type of material? I know you love the funk. You know, share with the audience uh, what's going on with that. All right. My band's name is Buster Man. Um, we're, we, uh, you can find us on Facebook and uh, Reverb Nation. Um, we are, it's basically just my, my own outlet um, as a songwriter who loves more than just uh, one style of music. I, I, I just am blessed to have great musicians that um, play with a lot of great famous people who are kind enough to play with me. So what I do is as a songwriter, you know, depending on the, on the given week, we might do a three or four songs that are like old stacks tunes or, uh, you know, uh, some kind of new Orleans second line groove, or it might even be some country music in three, four or something. Um, it's, it's, uh, just an outlet for me. It's, it's not something that I'm, I don't tour. Uh, we will record a, a CD or, or just multiple songs at our leisure. We book gigs kind of just when we feel like doing it. Um, you know, over the years, I've I've had so many, probably fifty or sixty different band members, because it's just a revolving door of very busy musicians. Right. Um, but uh, you know, we have a good time with it. We we we're really rooted in Americana, American roots music, so blues, funk, kind of stuff mostly. Um, unfortunately, right now, my guitarist has moved to Austin, Texas. Uh, he, I, I had been threatening for a couple years to do the move myself and he up and moved on me. So, <laughs> so well. you know, we're, we're actually talking to a gentleman who's, who's up in New Jersey from Nashville and, uh, he, he's, he's pretty similar to Jimmy Soma. Jimmy Soma was my, was my guitarist, uh, somatone.com. He builds amps and guitars. You might want to check him out. He's a genius. Yeah. He, he's a fabulous guitar player too. I've, I've seen him play many times with you and uh, really enjoy his, I was only, uh, only laughing because, you know, you, you put the bug in his ear about Austin and then he left yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> but I get to go see him and I don't have to pay for a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So something worked out with that. Yeah. Hey, hey so tell me, um, 
Uh, give me a typical day in the life of Anthony Vitale. Like, what's your day like? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the music school is first and foremost now. It's kind of um, it's kind of getting bigger, and I see the enrollments are growing, and and the whole website and the and the live playing. So that's got to occupy, you know, a huge part of your life. But tell me, tell me about some other things you like to do. Typical day um, for you. How does your day start? Okay, well, um, it's funny you should ask me that because I've actually, some parents have actually had me do some life coaching with their children. And um, so what I do for a quote-unquote happy life, my process is uh, early to rise. um, And then the minute I get up, I have my coffee and, and I do my prayer and Bible study. And after that, I exercise, um, so I'll go to the gym or I'll run in the park or something like that. Then after that, I get onto the computer. I try to study something for another hour, uh, depending on what I need to learn, you know, at that point in my life. And then I get to work. Um, and when I say get to work, I'm at the school doing everything from, you know, producing music, laying down tracks uh, reconciling the bank account. You know, it's, I have to wear a lot of hats right now at the school. Um, so I do that for, you know, most of my days are usually 10 or 12 hour days and I'm, I'm home late at night. Um, and I hang out a little bit, try to unwind and then I hit the sack. Um, days that I don't do that, I, I live on a 10 acre farm um, we grow organic vegetables. I have uh, chickens and goats and horses, and I spend a lot of time out in the fields and woods riding my horses. And uh, that's really mostly mostly what I do. And on Sundays, like I said, I, I I'm at church doing my I I'm, I run the, the the worship band. Actually, Trevor's been playing in the worship band with us now, so uh, that's uh, pretty encompassing. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say a, a busy life, and it's it's funny you mentioned. Uh, the horses, that's where I met you, actually. I think um, you and Katrina were out for a ride, mm-hmm. and I think your brother was with you. And I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was probably lost wandering in the fields, <laughs> you know. And so and so that's how we uh, we actually met. I knew you were working with Trev, but I, we had never met face-to-face. So um, I got to meet you, uh, Katrina, and your horses, and, and, yeah. and your brother, I think, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you mentioned studying also. And it, isn't it funny how... Um, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I, I kind of like avoided all kinds of studying. And I never thought at this stage of my life, I'd be like the perpetual student. But I think uh, to, to thrive and even survive in the kind of endeavors that we uh, tend to find ourselves in, if, if we're not, you know, checking up on everything, we're, we're kind of missing it. So, um, yeah, it sounds like a really, really fulfilling and busy and rewarding life that you have going on there. Hey, um... Tell me about music, favorite music for you during your downtime when you're not um, when you're not writing uh, in, and you you have a few moments. Like, what's your most uh, relaxing type of music that you like to listen to for your own personal head? What do you like? Well, it depends on the mood. If I'm looking to just relax. Um, you know, like I'll put on like Three Little Birds or something from Bob Marley or, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who I don't really kick back too often. I, I'm kind of a hyper person. So right. 
you know, so for me, it, it really depends. I mean, I'll listen to some classical music. I, I, I you know, I love Mozart and Handel. Um, but I don't, to be honest with you, I don't listen to it too much. I'm, I, I tend to go back to the Beatles even, you know, I, I'm right now I'm reading a book by Jeff Emmerich. Um, I don't remember the name of it actually, my life recording the Beatles or something like that. And, and, and when I'm reading books, that's the kind of books I like to read. So there'll be, if he's talking about some type of production technique, I tend to, turn on those those tracks that I was just reading about and there's not a lot of real um I don't do a lot of casual listening to be honest with you I'm, I it's always kind of in my head you know right what is um tell me like what's the most exciting thing for you right now with the school with the original music school like what are you looking forward to this you know now we're hitting spring and summer coming up like what are you looking forward to mostly with uh, oh. the school we are developing a, a, our own record label called Wild Child Records. Uh, we are going to be doing our second uh, summer of music industry boot camp, which is a six-week, uh, basically it's a summer camp. And what we do is you need to audition or be invited into the program. And we treat the, the people who come into this program as if they were signed to a development deal and the goal is to uh, to finish a full CD, uh, which is not really done anymore in the industry, but it's really good good work for the for the kids, because um, nowadays the, they don't develop artists because it, it costs the studios money. So now they want everything already developed, which is where uh, the original music school comes in because now we're developing artists. Um, so these kids come in. They write probably 15 to 20 songs. They record 10 to 12. They get on those, that, that final product winds up on iTunes and Spotify. They get three music videos and a full, like it's about a 15 minute documentary film on the process. So this, this program, is this open to like new people or is this open to like, you, you mentioned you have to audition for this. Yeah. Are, the, are the kids that are presently enrolled, uh, are they eligible and do they have yeah. to audition? Yes. So, they, so it's everybody who auditions. Yeah, but if right. there are our students, we probably know if, if they're capable and, and should do this. Right. Um, you know, and then we're also expanding to uh, a second location this summer um, at Richie's Music Center in Rockaway. We'll be doing summer camps there. So that's exciting for us and a little bit scary, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. I mean, you're really stretching, but uh, but it seems like it seems like the ball is rolling in that direction. You have the momentum and people are really gravitating uh, towards the school and recognizing the value that you're providing, yeah. which is awesome. So um, so upcoming events besides Richie's, um, as far as can you talk a little bit about where you're playing with events? Like uh, just give us, uh, give us a handful of venues or a few venues that, that you're excited about that people can come and see and witness what we've been discussing as far as this talent and where we can people can come and relax and enjoy this, this great music. Sure. Um, well, the for the exact dates, you, you'd want to go to our website because I'll probably mess it up. Right. Okay. Um, but uh, we're going to be at Just Jake's, which is a great club in, in the Montclair area. I think that's May 9th. Um, we're going to be at Hat City Kitchen. I think that's in West Orange, one of the oranges. Orange, uh, actually. Yeah. Yeah, orange, yeah. right. And that's a great little funky joint. Um, 
And then we'll also be at the Stanhope House uh, in June. I know we'll be at Roxy and Dukes, which is in Dunellen, which is a, a really neat place. It's kind of like an old uh, burlesque uh, theater. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's it's pretty funky. It's almost like a circus tent. Oh, okay. No, I haven't been to that one, but because I would I would dress appropriately. So. <laughs> <laughs> your stilts, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then we're, we're also doing a few charity events. We're doing an event, um, to raise awareness on, uh, for suicide, uh, awareness, uh, in Marstown in a couple weeks on the green. Um, we'll be doing, uh, another, uh, Marstown just kind of town event. We'll be playing on the front lawn of the police station this Saturday. You know, we just try, we try to engage with the community and, and, and give back as best we can too. Do you, do you feel like those events, um, do you get, uh, um, student signups from these events? I mean, I would think you would. I mean, yeah, we do. I mean, it's, we do. The, the, the problem is we create such little amazing monsters that that uh it actually works to our detriment sometimes because people are like wow i can't do that those kids are amazing so they're intimidated people are intimidated a bit so we have to really make sure that we we keep saying how you know we facilitate this that you can do this and uh you know it's that's that's the biggest struggle in our messaging really because sometimes our kids are too cool (laughs) <laughs> they really are. I mean, you, you say that and you laugh, but it, but it, but it really is. Uh, it, it really is um, quite an event when you see these kids perform and what they do at such such young ages. I mean, you've got some real real superstars in that in that group, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure they weren't that way or didn't have that kind of confidence when they first walked in the door. But um, you guys are doing something really special, so uh, you know, I I really. Uh, admire you guys and uh, acknowledge you for that um hey what is the best way as we wind down here anthony what's the best way to reach you and the school to discuss uh coming in and possibly you know signing up or uh you know finding out about your your portfolio and your uh your whole uh, uh curriculum what's the best way for people to reach you the best way would be to go to the website it's originalmusicschool.com okay there's, there's, there are forms there. We have our phone number there. We have uh, lots of ways that you can email us through there. Um, there's lots of contact through that. So okay, okay. Listen, I really appreciated you, you know, you being on Dharmic Evolution and sharing your your amazing story. Uh, continued great success with the Original Music School. Um, everybody, you know, that's listening who has an interest, please go to this website and check it out. It's really, um, it's really one of the best websites I've seen in a long time. And as far as uh, what's under the hood, man, it's there's a lot of great content on there. The videos are amazing, the music and the information also. So uh, I thank you, Anthony Vitale, the uh, owner, the creator, uh, the man behind the original music school. Please uh, go there and check it out. Anthony, thanks so much today for being part of Dharmic Evolution. Thank you, Kevin. This was really awesome. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. And, you know, since you keep mentioning the, our, great, our great website, I just want to give props to, to Gabrielle Masudi. I'm sure there's a link on my site somewhere for anyone who needs a great site because uh, he really hit it out of the park. He, he really matched our vision um, through technology and art, which is not an easy process. Yeah, he is... Uh... Gabrielle is a really special individual, and uh, yeah, if, you, if you're if you on Anthony's website, on the Original Music School website, and you scroll down to the bottom, 
it'll it has uh, the link there and it's uh, I can't remember it's design build uh, something dot dot but it's all the way at the bottom if you just click that it'll take you to the website that created this and Gabrielle like you said he's uh, He's a pretty amazing guy, a, a creative monster, if you will. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's uh, you know, as a musician, he's, he's really good, and um, uh, he's exceptional as a musician and a creator. So, so uh, it was a good fit. I'm glad you guys, uh, you guys hooked up. So, hey, so once again, my friend, uh, great show. It was really good. I can't wait to uh, to get this to the world, and uh, I'll be sure to let you know when the link is coming up. I'll give you like a couple weeks' notice, and we'll get it out there and really blast it to people. Awesome. Thank you and God bless. I really appreciate the time. Well, there we have it. Another wonderful interview. That was Anthony Vitale, owner, creator, founder of the original music school, Morristown, New Jersey. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor for the Dharmic Evolution, audio video artist, singer, songwriter, and master storyteller. Thanks so much for joining me today on the show. And I'll catch you next time. I'll either see you on the socials. I'll see you from the stage.